Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. Drums and a little bit of haunting guitar, or is that the scream 
of the Zillow baby. Exciting questions to be asked. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person making noises with their mouth is Ken Napsock. Are you excited to talk Zillow babies? I am very excited. (laughs) I was excited from the opening frame of this episode. You just knew from the moment it showed up. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really great place to start uh, our discussion because I can't wait to start talking about the Zillow baby. There was a flash in the one of the trailers, I think, maybe made people think maybe we will finally get a continuation of this Clone Wars story. Did you enjoy having like a good half this episode screaming at the screen going, it's the Zillow beast, it's the Zillow beast? Oh, I did. And, and, and you know, the tra- yeah, we all had that feeling it was coming back. And then you had the, the other episode... Um, where we found, uh, you know, the, the, the tech, uh, you know, the, the, the monster that we thought maybe was going to be used to fight this will be some of that speculation going back to mm. celebration. So I didn't give up the hope for, for, for certain, but, uh, I, I halfway through the episode, you're like, well, it could, it could, he's tiny. You could be something else, but in your heart, <laughs> in your heart, you do. It was just so fun to watch an episode where the characters didn't yet know what they were encountering. Uh, it's yeah. just like it's kind of the fun of these kind of these kind of stories. Uh, this story is season two, episode eleven. Metamorphosis is the title, written by Sabira Prezada, directed by Saul Ruiz. Uh, continuing story editor credit to Matt Machenovitz. The last couple of weeks, we've uh, really been noting that while there is a team of uh, Star Wars animation veterans all around this. The individual written by credit has been a lot of people who are new to Star Wars, uh, often a little bit uh, young in their career and uh, given given a shot at Star Wars. How did you feel about this week? Uh, great. Uh, yeah, I, I love the new names showing up. Like we say, that that lets you kind of learn, learn about new voices and talent. And, and the, I like the mix of the veterans. Old and new, a Star Wars theme indeed. And I think that's kind of how you do this. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like Disney Plus continues to be a place where uh, it, it, it's a place to grow relationships with Disney, which is great since uh, this author did also uh, work on Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel. So uh, clearly somebody who is uh, becoming a part of the Disney family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it is the nature of it. That's 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 great. I didn't know that. Uh, I haven't known watching those shows, but it's like, yeah, maybe you, you go down the, the hallway and say, I've got I've got some other ideas. I love that. <laughs> hey, I've been hearing some rumblings about the Zillow Beast. Are we going to do a Zillow Baby episode? All right. I want it. Totally imagining things, but a great job on the script. Ken, what was your viewing experience? When did you choose to watch this one since you uh, we have the screeners and we're not waiting for the midnight experience? Well, it's funny. We're, we're releasing this one um, after Mando, but before watching it, right? So mm-hmm. uh, uh, that midnight experience is reserved for uh, my friend Grogu. But uh, this was a watch over the weekend and it was one of those fun, fun ones. And I do, a, I do, a, I'll say, I pat myself in the back. I do a pretty good job of not having a bleep eaten grin when you watch something cool that others haven't seen, but you also want to just explode at the seams and be like, hey, <laughs> um, so um, only one person asked me and, and that's the only person I told. They asked directly. So that's it. Everyone else, it's, I just kind of sat there virtually quiet. They asked you directly if it is a Zillow Beast episode? No, they just, just hey, I want what's going on? What's going on this episode? What's going on next week? And uh, I just I was like, all right, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, but it was it was good. It was release. It was releasing the the pressure on my pressure cooker because I just love this episode so much, and it's I want everyone to see it. So you're able to just shout it out. That's great. Yeah, this has been a very weird and continuing to be a weird uh, moment of Star Wars releases, as we say every week. We're really lucky to have these screeners. 
the screeners for Bad Batch go up until episode 14 out of 16 uh, that the the final two episodes, 15 and 16, I believe air on uh, Wednesday the 29th, but our screeners end <laughs> on March 12th. So yeah. we're going to be in this weird position where we're going to have pre-watched multiple episodes of the Bad Batch so we can give our full midnight experience uh, attention to the Mandalorian. We're extremely lucky to be able to do that, but it is just also kind of head spinny uh, about like, hey, I really just want to give full focus to each bit of Star Wars, but I got to kind of collect it up in these weird ways. How are you feeling about that? Look, I'm going to be probably really honest. If I was part of the Bad Batch team, I'd be pissed. I'd be absolutely pissed. My work is now clearly going to be pushed aside for the bigger show. It's just the way of it. Uh, I don't care about the algorithms, release times, the research, uh, which I'm sure is great on where to put it. I know even for working to five media, we could not release a screen junkies video without the exact second being approved by a team. I get it. Totally get it. Um, I'd be upset. This is, this is a great episode and no one, <laughs> no one's going to stay up to watch this one first. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming. So um, we'll get through it. There's tougher things in life, but there are, yeah, yeah, much tougher things in life. Not really complaining for myself, but more for the wanting to give the full focus and wanting everybody who is interested in both shows to be able to give them their full focus. Yeah, it, yeah. It just, to me, does send, um, it versus like She-Hulk versus Kenobi or something. That's that's a different, you could argue it's different properties. You know, I don't watch Marvel, so I didn't, I wasn't a conflict for me. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Vice versa, a direction. But this, this, is a, this comes across as a little bit of a, message whether intended or not yeah i mean it was ms marvel and kenobi um oh see see that that's my point <laughs> which is you know uh yeah anyway uh not going to get into that but i agree with you i feel like yeah maybe uh there are some analytics that prove this is great i know some listeners have said i don't mind i love watching one back to back and all, mm-hmm. all respect to that opinion uh but for me i agree with you i don't care how correct the numbers are to me this is uh, uh i i feel the spirit of my my father this is common sense there's six more days in the week what the hell that's how i feel yes indeed you have your own this is why you build your own network you're not you know you don't have cartoon network uh, cbs fox abc <laughs> no one's telling you what to do no one's yeah yeah, I'm so excited for The Mandalorian, which by the time everybody's listening, we have seen. But at the time we're recording, we haven't seen. I'm very excited for it. Nothing against Mandalorian, but this was a fabulous episode of Bad Batch, and I really don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, so let's dive in and discuss this great episode. Um, well, actually, I, I did want to share my view and experience real quick. Um, I normally wait until Friday or Saturday morning. When we recorded our Bad Batch episode last Wednesday, I just couldn't wait. And as soon as we got done recording, I watched this episode. And then again, this morning as we record, because I couldn't wait. It was that exciting. Yeah. 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 All right. Now we'll get into overall reaction to the episode to metamorphosis. Uh, where did you go with this? Love it. Like it. Struggle with it. Uh, love struggle. Uh, how, how did it go for you? Nah, I absolutely love this one. And look, I, I am someone who... Um, I respect the, the horror genre, and I think this is Star Wars horror indeed, and horror films often tell tales of you know, oppression, society's uh, failings and ills, and, and how those in need and maybe all of us can survive it, right? That's kind of the overall thing that I really believe in. I just don't love it as a genre. I'm not interested in the look and the feel and getting scared. It's never been my thing, but man, I really appreciate it when Star Wars 
plays around with genres and this right from the start. And I do want to take Kevin Kiner's music. We, we, we talk about it a lot. We talk about it every week. Sometimes hey, at the end, we want to throw it. It, it was just top notch all the way through. It, it, it really captured the vibe and uh, was pulled in from, from, from the start. Just had a, you know, that the gif of anyone eating popcorn while watching a, <laughs> a fight out there had that vibe. Um, no notes take it. I just, you know, sat back, ate and watched it. And um, every, every little jump worked for me. And I uh, love what they pulled off. Because again, this is, they talk about cameos and characters and <laughs> Dungey and Cody. I, we, again, we, like you and I said up top, everyone was kind of waiting for the Zillow Beast. A lot of Clone Wars fans waiting for the Zillow Beast. And you got a character. You know, again, it's not the Zillow Beast, uh, but a Zillow Beast, um, man, it just pulled off so well. Yeah. Yes and no, it was cloned. So a little bit of delightful ambiguity. No, yeah. I totally agree with you. There were things I loved on multiple levels about this episode. And one is just that great Star Wars genre stew that Star Wars can pull from lots of different kinds of genres. There's a love of genre and celebrating them and interpreting them through the the filter of Star Wars. And this one was so great at that because the original Zillow Beast episodes are such a tribute to uh, monster movies, to kaiju movies in particular, to uh, to Godzilla, to the original Japanese mm. Godzilla, where the monster is explicitly related to real life worries, anxieties, angers, uh, you know, the history of uh, of the nuclear um, atrocity mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what can come of it. Um, so I love that this follow up to those classic episodes of the Clone Wars is a is a different kind of horror in a way that it starts off is almost more of an homage uh, at this point to movies that came out after the original Star Wars. This one felt like the first mm-hmm. half was like, we're riffing on uh, 1979's Alien movie with yes. the ship and something that's a little bit more unknown and eating in <laughs> uh, yeah. people out of the blue and, and the creeping through the, the corridors and all that great uh, sort of um, space mm. horror of Alien. And then it moves very much into the absolutely classic kaiju movie King Kong stuff with the uh, frightened villagers uh, Mm. terrified of a misunderstood beast. Uh, And I really agree with you. I think it's getting tapping into something that horror does well of, of horror is often in support of the other, the outsider. Uh, Sometimes the monster is sympathetic. Sometimes even if the monster isn't necessarily sympathetic, it's kind of coded as something that, you know, is different and is being hunted for being different. But this one is entirely, this beast was tortured and is just trying to survive. Uh, And that speaks to lots of, you know, big and important ideas in in real life. And and I think it's uh, reflected in other parts of the storytelling as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most sympathetic moment was when they put him in that water tube. (laughs) The fear is just like, no. Yeah, yeah. It's also just like um, great Star Wars high fantasy, a little bit of urban fantasy by the time, you know, you get to that shot where uh, the Zillow Beast is uh, is getting the electricity. Um, It's a giant armored lizard sucking power from a tower under an alien moon. Like, yep, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Very excited by those aesthetics. And then a couple other like big picture things that made this uh, episode to me just feel like a dream come true is 
the number of threads that were picked up, not only the Zillow Beast thread, where in the Clone Wars, Palpatine wanted to, to clone it, and we never knew where that went, but uh, of refocusing on Omega's past and her importance, uh, the return of the clone commandos and Scorch in particular, um, possible long-term connections to Palpatine's own cloning plans. There was so, much, so many threads uh, picked up, and a big one that I want to talk about more depth, but I want to mention it right away, is the great hunter patience payoff. <laughs> We've been talking for weeks about, hey, are, are the Bad Batch going to make a bigger decision? Hunter's the one who's kind of been making the argument of we just need to put our heads down, stay safe, take care of our own, stay alive, not get too involved. Uh, Echo leaves because there isn't enough forward movement of the Bad Batch helping people. Mm. And it builds to this episode where that shot of Hunter stopping on the ship, the shot of his back building up to tension, and then he says, send the information to Rex and Echo. It's a cheer moment like Kino Loy's Never More Than 12 in Andor. And I think it's a cheer moment because we built up to it. Did you feel that level of payoff from Hunter? Yeah, I really did. I really did. I think that's a lot what's going on this episode and and, and the uh, kind of pushing on Omega, kind of taking it all in and uh, and uh, a smile. Uh, we can talk about love, love, not love, but I appreciate the way this character Omega was affected in this episode. There were some really powerful moments, I thought, for me, just exposing her heart, but also the pain she feels in it sometimes. So that moment really worked for me. And yeah, the, the turnaround and, and, and from starting with the Sid stuff, which had some comical moments, but also just some like, yeah, man, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, to, to that, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's working quite well for me. The payoff, like you said, sometimes a little patience is rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a great cheering moment. I literally cheered. Um, let's get into the big theme, the ideas at stake in this episode. Um, I'm very curious to see how you sort of categorize some of the ideas because you kind of already said one of the ways that I categorize the main theme, which is um, F off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought there was a big theme of almost every character who we are spending time with, who, who we are sympathetic to, has been pushed too far. I think that's what made this episode really exciting. It was a, a breaking point or a cracking point for lots of characters. Uh, did you feel that? And if so, how did you kind of think about it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think there's this overriding theme of, of, of change. Hey, it's called metamorphosis. Whoa, okay. Loved all that. But everyone from, you know, uh, we got uh, the, uh, the prime minister uh, showing up. We got uh, Nalise. Everyone's kind of being pushed to the brink or has been pushed to the brink sometimes by the empire. But individually, the characters have the moments. And I thought, again, going back to like the, the Omega stuff, we see her heart in this great moment of, no, the crew's not that crew might not be dead. They could be trapped inside. We got to go. How many times have we seen that from her? Right. But then learning not only their fate, but the, the how of it uh, actually just chilling her and, and freaking her out a little bit. Uh, but also probably cementing of, of why we, we help people. Um, all of it kind of worked for me. And, and, and I even wanted, I got where they went with the Sid thing, but I, I, I kind of wanted that moment there, but I, I, I think it works there, but you know what I mean? Like you're just kind of rooting for them to be like, no, man, <laughs> this is what you do in real life too. So eventually you just go, this is, I got nothing for you anymore. And, uh, but then there's some realities and tech bring it up. We can't just, it could be problematic to break away. So Anyways, I agree overall. I really agree with that statement there that the breaking points have been found. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the the Bad Batch and Sid is a fascinating breaking point because I think this is the big, you know, the cracking noise. And I think there'll be the explosion mm-hmm. next week is, is my guess. I could be wrong. I haven't watched that episode yet. Um, but I thought it was, you know, meaningful that, you know, Hunter does not argue about going back, which I feel like in, in past times he would have. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have said like, hey, we got to we, we need money. We need to survive. We need to keep our head down, blah, blah, blah. But Hunter's the one who quite aggressively says, what makes you think we'd come back at all? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it really did feel like a true, like she has pushed them too far. And even Sid is surprised. Like you almost get the point of like Sid's like that, that Hunter guy needs to protect his family. So I got him hooked forever. <laughs> and Sid even seems a little like, oh, oh, maybe I did push him too far. Um, and I, I love that tech suggests breaking things off in a diplomatic manner. So there, there isn't even an argument of maybe we should go back to Sid. Right. It's we have to extricate ourselves from this. This isn't cool. Um, mm-hmm. But she knows too much about us, which I thought was really great setup for what came at the end of the episode that they're going to be hunted by Scorch in, in the clone commandos in, in our new baddie Hemlock um, because there was there was their ship was there. Uh, but now also knowing that Omega is wanted in particular to manipulate Nala say it suddenly makes this interpersonal thing between the bad batch and Sid have these incredibly high stakes. Uh, mm-hmm. she also said, don't bother to come back if you didn't salvage anything valuable. So they're going back to Sid if they even go, uh, with nothing but a target on their backs and probably wanted. So it's mm-hmm. really to me setting up a showdown with Sid. Well, yeah, especially you have what Malegi had warned them on. And, and you know, if Sid is faced with helping them or turning them in for reward or safety or something like that, yeah, that's just going to be part of the questions. But to your, your big point of, of now, especially at the end, the, the, the stakes have been raised. Uh, it all comes back to Omega, who she was and, and how she got here. And I think that just adds a lot of value to the story the next few days. Yeah. So and, and I can imagine Sid getting real hard nosed with Hunter. But I mm-hmm. wonder if there is a question of, hey, when it's, Turning you bozos in, maybe, but the kid, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. if that will be a breaking point for Sid. Yeah, could, uh, yeah, could be. I, yeah, because I'm still rooting for, I mean, you know, again, Sid's, I think, a great character. And I think it's obviously because we have a, uh, affinity for Rio Perlman himself, herself from our like, <laughs> days. So I'm rooting for some sort of redemption for, for her story as well. Yeah. Change, uh, I would love that. I would love that. I would love for there to be big conflict and then for her to look at Omega and not be able to push the button or, you know, have to come and do some work herself to try to help Omega, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this this theme of being pushed too far is very clear in the relationship between the Kaminoans and the Empire. You know, destroying somebody's planet is um, uh, a good way to push people too far. But I really like what was set up that there was some sort of relationship between uh, Nala say and Dr. Royce Hemlock uh, that there was a little bit of appeal to, to that familiarity and that, you know, we're both scientists, such amazing work. Um, I love Nala say's quote of, uh, I am not especially motivated to continue my work after the empire destroyed my civilization. Yes. Well, that, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. For me, it was just th- this whole energy of, yeah, no, you have pushed me too far. Uh, maybe I'm working through some things uh, via yeah. the Bad Batch, but that's that's what art does. It yeah. was uh, powerful. Um, the, I also just want to ask your take on the Zillow Beast itself. Um, in 
many classic monster movies, you know, the, the beast is not malevolent. It's just home has been invaded. It's being captured. It's being attacked. It misunderstands and thinks it's being attacked. Um, but mm-hmm. it, the whole vibe for me was that it was entirely misunderstood. You know, it, it doesn't make any move against the villagers. It's not really on a rampage. It's, it's feeding off the electricity when it escapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think that it, it is only eating the crew because they were a threat that they either, that the, I, I, there wasn't anything explicit in the episode, but I just kind of assumed that this poor creature had not had a good life. Lots of probing, lots of zapping. And this was, um, revenge and or uh, i i need to stop these people in order to be safe H- how did you feel about that i think it ties into what you said earlier right a breaking point indeed that we just probably didn't see it, it happen off uh, camera as the, as the episode begins and that wonderful way which is very much uh, the star wars going hey we're gonna we're gonna start this like a like a horror film or, or stranger things season one like it's the same kind of vibe <laughs> and i think that really works but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that and again maybe it's because as you know, just as an animal lover in the real world, and uh, you know, even the Zillow Beast in, in the Clone Wars, it didn't emerge and attack. It was kind of awoke. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of nudged by weapons and, testing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there's something to that, and I think you make a great point about, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly causing problems in the village, but it's not out there. You know, and I get the Bad Batch is trying to stop it because they just don't know, which I think ties into some other things we can discuss. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I am this poor creature had no choice uh, but to become what it is, and, and I think that's um, yeah, could be some a lesson maybe the Empire could learn, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah. I I would think so. I would think so. Yeah, I, I think it just it really everything about it really invited. Um, what did they do to this poor sentient being before it snapped? That this is, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we realize, oh, it needs electricity. Um, it it uh, on like a tax assumption, it doesn't appear to be eating the crew out of hunger, but mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the best way to make you go away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, that's one of the, I have that in the action section too, but I'll talk about it here. But that's a that's a great great shot. Oh, it, it is truly, that. truly amazing. Um, we talked about the Bad Batch in general being pushed too far, but I did want to zero in on on Hunter him, himself. You know, um, I wanted to ask you if you think Hunter is affected by by everything that's happening to him. Obviously, he's been pressured by Echo in particular, but also by Omega to we should be helping people. Uh, tech has reminded us, the audience, last week that everywhere they go they see some kind of horror uh, and almost always it is either directly the empire or fallout from the empire's cruelty across the galaxy and we've seen multiple episodes now where an innocent being is terrified to see the bad batch because somebody else wearing armor like them has terrorized them uh, Gungi uh, and the Zillow baby. And uh, I'm sure there are other examples. What in that whole stew do you think is, is finally turning Hunter and making him go enough is enough. I, I think there's Hunter's a fascinating character. And I, I think, you know, I love record. You love tech and we, we love all the batch, but I think, you know, Hunter, uh, we haven't spent as much time discussing and, and there's a part of Hunter. I love where he, he is, he is what you want as a leader. He's a little bit unaffected. Uh, by some of the stuff around him because he's true to himself or true to what he thinks his mission is. And he's doing good. And there's a moment with Dr. Hemlock 
And and now let's say that I think ties to what you're saying there. This great quote from uh, Jimmy Simpson, McBoyle Brothers Unite. Dr. Hemlock uh, says, why does someone so talented prefer to rot in a cell instead of using their gift to better the galaxy, right? And that made me think of a lot of stuff in the real world and a lot of a lot of people out there claiming to help. And you could say a lot of people from different angles trying to help. But for me, you got you got to follow that string out to the end to see what the end result is. And what Dr. Hemlock's talking about leads to the emperor's purpose. And and for Hunter on the other side, someone with great skills, someone who is uh, not rotting in a cell, but choosing to just survive and keep Omega safe. And we're doing runs for Sid, but it's building, it's building, it's bidding, building. I think he's asking him this himself this question. I, I have these gifts. We have this ability. We're seeing these things. What do, what am I going to do to make the galaxy better? And, mm. and I think he's not hearing Dr. Hemlock say that, but I think that's one of the things that, uh, here, because obviously change, metaphor, metamorphosis, all that kind of stuff. We're, we, we got the bad batch going through the change. I think this episode also addresses um, clear Supreme Chancellor becoming emperor, Republic becoming empire, and that kind of change. And the Zilla Beast representing a lot of that for me. That's I thought it was key. It's not just a fun reference to, Clone Wars, it's a great one. I love tech going, did you see episode? Da, da, da. I love that. <laughs> but he said, no, no, this was Supreme Chancellor. You know, the guy we used to work for, that guy, he did this. And now look where he is now. So I think all that's kind of building in Hunter. And I, and I think, uh, I think I get that from a certain point of view. He's unaffected by things. Uh, I've been in that situation. Old I'm not affected by violence. I'm not affected. I just, yep, cool. Part of life. Got it. I'm going to have lunch. And, and that can be, only take you so long when you realize, well, who am I and who am I in this world? And what am I going to do with all that? And not far-reaching stuff, you know, you know who you are. We talk about Star Wars is always about like, hey, if you're a rock band, go go go, go use that to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that Star Wars vision story. So I think, you know, is Hunter having these exact words? No, but I think that that's what I'm seeing represented in that that final turn. Um you know, and it's the, I, I, it's a big moment, but I, I agree with you on the Keno Loy connection, but it's also like, it's even one step there. The next is him going, we're joining them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that anyways, I think it all ties to that hemlock moment. I love that moment. Yeah, no, that's, it's a really great moment. There's lots going on that, that hemlock, uh, uh, conversation. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk about some of it in Canon. Uh, Nala says, I know what the emperor, uh, what emperor Palpatine seeks to accomplish. I, I definitely want to dive into when we get into yeah. our Canon discussion of what exactly that means. Um, and Jimmy Simpson's performance is, is great. Um, there's another Hunter line here um, that just really reminds us of, of who he is. He is, he is stoic. He is, I've, the responsibility is on my shoulder and my number one mission objective is keep the squad safe, particularly keep Omega safe, keep us alive, fed, out of prison, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, out of the ground. That's that's my primary mission objective, and I kind of lock everything else down. But he's also just a, a person of honor, right? Uh, when the tech blows up the generator and they're safe from the Zillabees, but the Zillabees goes scampering quite cutely uh, into the village. <laughs> yes, Hunter's got that great quote, quote of, we're the ones who let it out. We have to neutralize it before it hurts anyone. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Right? our mess, we clean it up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I think it's this combination of he's convinced himself we can just get by, Mm -hmm. but everywhere we go, we have to do something that compromises my honor a little bit, or we go somewhere where there is just a level of horror that I cannot abide looking away from. That was so much going on in the Gungi episode where Hunter's like, don't want to get involved. Hey, you crossed that line. Hey, you crossed that line. Hey, you crossed that. I got like three lines and you crossed them all. So here we go. Um, 
and I think it's been pushing him that I he can't go anywhere, do anything. You know, um, there's a one run that we see off screen. Uh, and I assume something <laughs> that, that he and Echo do uh, uh, with uh, the nerfs, I think, delivering nerf nuggets, I think. Right. I'm sure something horrible happened then, too. Uh, there's this feeling that he can't go anywhere without having this shoved in his face. And what I thought was really interesting about the moment right before he says send the info to Rex and mm-hmm. Echo is it, this isn't random. This isn't like the villagers on Sereno are having a hard time. This is the heart of his creation, of his family's creation, right? The Zillow Beast is kind of like them, uh, a being that should have its own autonomy, uh, but is being used and manipulated by Palpatine, like you were saying, but also that it's now, it's all tied up in cloning. It's tied up in the destruction of their home, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like it is personal to Hunter as well that he's accepting kind of the larger, I can't get away from this, but also like uh, this is what Palpatine is, is doing to all clones. He's trying to take away our autonomy mm-hmm. and he's destroying our home and enough is enough. Look, the bigger question of, of them and the clone wars and coming out of the clone wars. And I think they're at the first season dealt with what are we, what are we now? What's our identity and bred for this bread for fighting and, and just that line with tech of no, they're 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 manipulating it to some sort of armor, some sort. Of, it's a tactical thing. It's it's just that, and 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 it's it's a creature, it's a beast, it's a, it's a, it's a being, and 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 that in many ways, I think you can connect with that. I I, I love that uh, that hunter line you said there. With with the ones that let it out, we have to neutralize it before it hurts anyone. But I summarize that as we did this, but also we are this, and and uh, hunter can see himself reflecting that without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a, a feeling like, you know, we helped hand the galaxy to Palpatine. Yeah. yeah, that's not necessarily fair to yourself, right? But that's also sometimes the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not not being mad at themselves for it, but being mad mm-hmm. at the way that they were used and wanting to set something right that, you know, even if it isn't yeah. their, their culpability, they were asked to knock it over. <laughs> yeah. And without realizing how or why they did, and now like, well, I'm going to put it back then, you know, is... Yeah, we, we all might find ourselves part of something that uh, you never questioned or you never thought of. And then to you, you, new things come to light or new context and, and, and you want to look forward and say, what can I do to, to not repeat that? Even though I didn't necessarily make the choice to be in that situation or be part of that, you know, just kind of the way. Yeah, no, totally agreed. Um, there's one other kind of big picture idea that I wanted to talk about, but I'm curious to see what else you pulled from the episode. Uh, th- that was big stuff there, but I, I, I definitely... For me, the um, the heart of Omega is is this thing I want to focus on, and and I talked about it. She does not, does not want to believe that the crew has perished, and I think that that's a great default setting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tech's got the facts. Tech maybe's got the reality. I'm uh, not painting Omega as naive, but I I, I think it can it, you could toss it off as that, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, honey, yeah, come on. Yeah. But nah, I just love that default. What a great default setting. And then she's severely affected by their death. And even at the very end of the episode, holding holding her her stuffed animal, still um, reminding you of, of, of her age, but also just seeing this larger world. But I just like that as a driving force because I think without her around, obviously the Bad Batch doesn't grow, but I think I think they would process all of this differently. Clearly we saw tech talking about that with her in the previous couple episodes, but I think she's, she's the pulse of this right now. Um, 
almost as if not quite like hunters turn around going, we need to make the better world, the world better for this generation. But it, it could be, you could look at it like, like that, I guess, if you want, but I just, I think her heart, her heart is the, is, is key. It's almost what makes the Marauder home is, is her presence there. And mm-hmm. I think it's very important. I just love the the highlight of that. I thought it was really good. It was, uh, Michelle Ang with a great voice acting moment. I think the animation of her just like, it hate the crew. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it was, it was a horror reaction, but it was just, it was something that, stuck with her the rest of the episode, even as she was taking action, even though she was providing information on the clones. And at the end, she still wasn't ready. It was almost like you talk about breaking points. She's seen them from episode one of season two on Mm -hmm. learning more and more and more about it. And, and I think she just can't shake it. And I think it's important to the overall picture, of course, as, as, as she is important to the overall story. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the focusing on Omega as both a, a bright light and somebody else who's maybe experiencing a, a different kind of breaking point is mm-hmm. is really astute. That she's seen a lot of horror, you know, throughout uh, the Bad Batch and this season. But this season is also focused on the moments where she finds wonder or victory or family, right? But she's had a bad run now where she lost Echo. Uh, she she had a great moment of connecting with tech but then that i think she wants to believe in sid and then like her her uh delivery her cadence at the beginning of this episode like we were stranded on that planet for days she kind of can't believe that sid truly left him like that right yeah yeah and then and then she sees this real different kind of horror right um she's seen a lot of violence or been involved in a lot of violence where she's actively engaged and trying to make a difference and uh this is just she's in a horror movie which she went from an action adventure movie to a horror movie where awful things are happening one after the other it's kind of tied to her history and her knowledge and she doesn't entirely understand why and um i think this is kind of a uh, not a growing up moment is in she's naive and she needs to grow up i think it's it happens to all of us it's not a judgment of omega where you you is you're growing up and <laughs> sometimes it still happens uh, when you're already quite grown of like, I've got my handle on how awful X can be. And then you experience it like, Oh yeah, no, that's uh and it really felt that way of her holding that, that Lula, the Tuca doll was not to me like a regression to childhood, but it was like a sadness of like, yeah, I want the world. I want to, I want people to care for one another and be there for one another. And, this is horrible how far from how I imagine the galaxy should be to the way it is. And I just had that shoved in my face. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it, it, this ain't right. Right. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of uh, and, and again, going to the doctor and walk thing. All right. So we got all this and, and, and or you can use your gifts to better the galaxy and follow that string out. And, and her, her heart is, is, is at the center of that. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I, I think the last big idea that, I wanted to talk about is also summed up by it ain't right. Um, <laughs> there's a lot in this episode that is about the classic star Wars theme of the flowing and organic versus the rigid and mechanical um, things that are natural uh, versus trying to absolutely control free flowing, natural things you come across a curved line in nature and Palpatine for his own you know, mean says, I'm going to force that line to be straight and bend at a 90 degree angle and nothing else. I'm going to make it happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I am going to enforce my will and my needs uh, on things that it is not right to. Um, the The entire episode, uh, you know, it, it actually reminded me again of Andor when when Nemec, uh 
is saying in the recording that Andor listens to in the in the final episodes of you know that this level of oppression is not natural. It mm-hmm. requires so much focus and control. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought this episode reminded us of that again in the big picture, right? Uh, Sheev is all over this episode without actually being in it. He's name checked, right? But totally. he he is trying to control everything this episode the zillow beast which is a natural beast he's trying to make it be and do something that it isn't um he is even after he destroyed camino he is still trying to control all of their technology control all of their people um i loved lama su's line of it must be frustrating to have your resources but lack the expertise to achieve your goals a, a great zinger um yeah. it, he's trying to just in general control physical reality through cloning literally re physically make the galaxy and things in it to be what he needs um i love text line of i suspect the empire did not destroy the cities on camino to end cloning they merely wanted to control it Mm. um everything about this episode is control you know the the zillow beast hemlock having a new plan now to control nala he tried emotional manipulation he tried intimidation now he's going to threaten uh, Omega threaten a loved one and, and this big idea of trying to control something from nature in an unnatural way mm-hmm. it's huge in in you know monster movies kaiju movies it's almost always a disruption of a natural order you know taking King Kong from his natural home and, and making him a spectacle you know uh, awaking Godzilla by unnatural weaponry um, and the shadow kind of over this almost the entire show of Bad Batch is that Palpatine created the clones <laughs> to serve his will, to be his tools. It worked up to a point, but now there's this uh, frustrating to him nature where they want to make choices and defy him and have yeah. diverse experiences and perspectives. And this, what? Yeah. yeah, that face tattoos, and he's trying to control them, and they can't quite be contained. You know, yeah. it, it's such a big part of what this show is in its DNA. Absolutely, it's including everything we've seen here in the Bad Batch of, of uh, you know, the, the programs to replace them and all that stuff, Rampart, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. That, that you know, you could look uh, the these the Bad Batch could look at the Zillow Beast and just say, "I get you, <laughs> I feel you, we are you." <laughs> we really feel you yeah we we can relate yeah. um any other uh big picture thoughts that you wanted to share uh no no i think the one line i, I love uh tech has uh, you know hunter there's far more to this than we realize that obviously simple line on the surface it works connects to the story but again just speaking to what's going on in their lives the clones everything you're talking about um remember we're still fresh out of uh the 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 clone war we're still fresh out of the big switch from the public to the empire and not everyone's got all the details some of them some of the details will never come to light uh as we know but i just i didn't i took that one as a I wrote that down as a line of just like there's more more here than meets the eye right we're through the looking glass here people uh and 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 just adding mistakes and, and weight to the decisions that they need they need to make yeah, yeah, it, it really is like, we thought this was very bad, but it turns out it could be even worse. <laughs> Just the general galactic state of things and mm-hmm. and their, Palpatine's level of horror and maybe their level of feeling some amount of responsibility for it. Indeed, absolutely. Excellent. Oh, the other, the other thing that, you know, Palpatine tries to control is, you know, the villagers who did nothing but see a thing. Uh, chilling, yeah. chilling. 
Uh, anyway, on that upbeat note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss all the great action comedy, question mark, comedy moments, and more in a moment. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of Season 2, Episode 11 of The Bad Batch, Metamorphosis. We're going to talk action moments. There was a lot of action in this one, I thought, Ken. A lot of tension building up to action and action. Do you have some favorite moments? just want to start with the opening sequence. We highlighted the music earlier, but just everything about it. And 
like I said, this is this is a Star Wars version of things I have seen many times, right? That's just what it happened. Like, you start, there's something bad happening, there's a monster on the loose, you don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll go, you go in the story. I don't mean that cynically. I mean that, I love that Star Wars was like, yep, here's our version. And it's cool. And it's shot so well. And, and the animation, we always, we, we always say, uh, hey, we're going to stop saying Bad Batch is beautiful. But guess what? It's still beautiful. And everything about this opening sequence was full of, uh, terror and and uh that's its own kind of action yeah and, and it did a really good job of taking a um <clears throat> a victim for lack of a better word uh uh, uh the the uh being who is being preyed upon from our perspective and starting with a, a real badass right like mm-hmm. hey if this was you know just some r- random weak way or whatever yeah maybe it'd be scary but the fact that it's a clone commando <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know is a really good job of uh of upping the terror mm. yeah indeed yeah i i love that opening sequence i love uh the the look up when when the clone realizes that it's above him mm-hmm. um i think one of my very favorite action moments is the first time that we get to fully see the uh the zillow baby uh through the eyes of of the bad batch and mm-hmm. You know, they're hearing it. The the terror is building. There, there's been a lot of slow exploration in the first half of the episode that's really building the tension. But when that Zillow baby head pops down, mm-hmm. it is upside down, slime <laughs> dripping, <laughs> mm-hmm. electricity ripping and slurping up a hand. Uh, that might be one of my my favorite shots in, in Bad Batch. It's just so well done. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'd put the note too. Zillow Beast finishing up his meals, I described it, but I, I liked, I think there was some purpose behind it too. But uh, it reminded me of the, you know, not just the Rancor uh, slurping up a Gamorrean guard, but that that scene you and I have discussed before, the behind the scenes footage of George Lucas in the editing room of Return of the Jedi going, no, 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 it should, like, he should do that. She, he should do that. <laughs> the Zillow Beast saw that video and was like, yep, I'm going to slurp it up. Yeah, it's just it's really well done shot because, yes, a lot of these are classic horror shots. But I like that this one kind of uh, literally flipped the script a little bit in that the Zillow's Beast head was upside down. So there's an extra amount of disorienting. And then like, wait, is that a hand? Oh, damn, that was a hand. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so very well done. What are some other action moments that uh, spoke to you? Uh, I put the, the so the caption of the of the Zillow. Was was painful, was big, but it was a, such an epic sequence. You got you know V wings coming in. You got Wrecker. You got the dogfight of Wrecker shooting. You got Star Cruisers. You got all these Star Wars things. The sounds, the visuals, and then the center of it is this monster. And, and it, it of course reminds you of the Clone Wars episodes of Zillow. It should and and, and here Zillow finally getting to its you know full size and, and and reaching it. And 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 it was also painful to watch based a lot on on the themes we're talking about. At that point, I think I'm I'm rooting for him. The, the beast uh mm-hmm. again, you know I, I you you don't know i agree with hunters t- it could it could cause harm to someone yeah. else unintentionally totally totally right again it's it's what it's one of those things we have with hunter i think particularly i always bring up about hunter of like he's always got some points he just maybe doesn't see <laughs> through all the way. he's just he just stops himself anyways all that to say it was a great sequence i have i watched it three times and and um put that stat on the back of my baseball card i just loved it i just loved it it was just epic it was. It really did um, up the energy. In a, there've been a lot of great action scenes and in, in set pieces in Bad Batch, but the combination mm-hmm. of "Hey, we're on." We thought we were on one mission, one problem. You know, contain yeah. the Zillabies so it doesn't hurt the villagers. But now suddenly, uh, kind of our worst fear: the Empire is on us. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, combining those those beats was really great. 
uh, in that whole sequence where the terror escalated for the Bad Batch, he's like, yeah, huge monster. Also, run. <laughs> it's the Empire. Um, Tech uh, in Omega running out of that blast and Tech grabbing Omega and doing that big spin la- behind the tree at the last minute just as the explosion is about to eat them up. You know, yeah. it's a great action move, move uh, like great choreography, like in terms of animation, like you could feel the physics of that, like it was live mm-hmm. action. And there's been so much building up of the the bond between Tech and Omega. It was really great to see Tech in that sort of um, protective role of yeah. grabbing her and keeping her safe. Yeah, no, I like that. Good note, good part. Yeah, yeah. I think um, some of the shots, it, it's action, uh, but it's also just mood, big mood. <laughs> All every single shot of the Zillow Beast up on that tower with the moon in the background roaring swinging its uh, you know uh its horned tail <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah spiked tail at ships so great and then i feel really bad liking this shot ken uh i don't like the shots where where the the beast is actually shot because it, it bums mm-hmm. me out but the shot of it being pulled up into the ship with that glowing uh-huh. white light is yeah it's sad but it's beautiful i, I tell you i i reacted to that too because I it, this even goes to like Han Solo having you know some Rathars, and I'm like always like how how did you how how did that happen? <laughs> uh, we have more bigger crew. Well, okay, but tell me how. And 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 that was one of those. How do they even? I know it was tinier, but how are they even get it on the ship at that point? Like when we meet it, it's like you know maybe it's got a dog collar or Zillow collar. This is different. And and I I'm with you too. It, it's something about it. Um, very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, also very like oh got it. They're prepared for anything. Yeah, the light point out of the ship, I think, is really evocative of, you know, late 70s, early 80s, sort of mm. like, you know, close encounters, like, hey, w- what's going on up there? Shielding your eyes, kind of, uh, of that white light pouring out. But I think it's also that, like, they've done such a great job building up the fear of the Zillow Beast. It, it is huge now. And here now at the end, it looks small and defenseless compared to the real beast of the Empire. I think that that shot brings that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, I loved it. Stood yeah. Mm-hmm. The Empire, the real beast. That's our controversial take for this episode. <laughs> Hot take on the bad bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any more action moments before we move on to comedy, whimsy, weirdness? No, I cheated and put it on a big, uh, big scene, an epic scene. But yeah, there's a, no. lot, of, a lot of fun stuff in there. But you're right. There, for, for me, like some of the dogfight stuff was was great, but it was more the energy and the movement of the whole thing than one mm-hmm. specific moment that was like, that's it. Uh, so very much agreed. Let's move on to comedy i there's definitely some comedy in this uh i think a lot of it a little bit darker which i'm just fine with so uh where'd you go so the biggest moment uh, look you, you you and i talk often about how we identify with certain characters right uh, you know tech and and uh, a great tech essay out there i don't know if i'll do a wrecker essay ever because it's 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 confessing a lot of embarrassing things about <laughs> so when sid's offering first 30 percent and then 35 percent I, I implore you all to go back and watch it. The the animation, the directing, everything. Wrecker's reaction to 35% and smiling, nod, he nods and looks at the team like, what a win. I don't negotiate ever. I don't, I don't, I don't ever in my life. You offer me the money, that's what you offer. I don't ask for more. I don't, uh, that's what I get. And that's what, you know, this is your rate. Okay, that's my rate. This is the food you bring me. This is it. I don't do any of that. I just... Because my thought, like, even when I get dumped, you get broken up in the past. Yeah, I'll be upset, but I know I'm going to be fine. So, cool. I don't negotiate. <laughs> I just go, okay. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a great trade. I'm just saying it's what I do. And and 
I died laughing watching record go 35%. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh yeah. Okay. No, we want more. <laughs> Just the best. Just the best. Record. What I, yeah. What I really loved about that whole sequence, cause it goes on right. Of he keeps mm-hmm. think, thinking that percentage is good uh, and looking happy, then checking in with the group and then very quickly changing his body language to firm <laughs> and unyielding to be with the group, you know? It's yeah. just, it's beautifully, uh, everybody has their skills. That That's part of what my essay is about is like, like this isn't, the joke isn't Wrecker's an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the joke is they're all different and he's looking to the group to get the cue for uh, how to handle this particular thing. Because if he was on his own, Sid would be manipulating him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, it depends on myself. Like if I'm on with customer service and they're like, well, sorry, sir, we're going to charge you three times your bill. I go, okay, great. And then I'll cancel the subscription, right? Like I don't, I don't take oh, yeah. it all the time. I just like, great, this is what the moment is for us. I'm just going to take what's offered and we'll deal with it. Anyways, I got to learn. Wrecker and I got to learn, but it was hilarious. What I really loved about it is there could have been a choice to make that much bigger. Uh, you mm-hmm. could miss that because what's going on is is important. It is the breaking of the relationship. Yeah. Sid's got some funny lines in there. You're wondering where they're where they're at and the rest of the Bad Batch is at and, and how angry they are. Um, so there's a lot going on. So you could miss it, you know, and I even caught it some of it later and then it's like, toward the end of the sequence, like, wait, he's been doing this the whole time and rewound, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just really great to sometimes have something be small, right? Because mm-hmm. you could have had this be a whole big bit. You could have isolated Wrecker in the shot and oh, yeah. made this a bit. And I like that it. sometimes it's just a, a funny little nuanced thing in the background. Yeah, it was, it was just it was such a, it's, it's understanding the character, understanding the comedy of it. And you're right, this could have been a, what, what, what? eyes poke out, Woo-hoo, 35%. <laughs> well done. Yeah, well. It, yeah, and it preserves, the re- it, it makes it so you can have the the fun comedy and the character building, but the the scene, the heart of the scene stays the same. It's this mm-hmm. conflict that Sid has pushed them too far. Yeah, indeed. Uh, along those lines, I do like Sid's line, you're fine now, aren't you? <laughs> 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 After being confronted with stranding them for multiple days because <laughs> she's just had too much on her plate. I, I, I'm i glad you highlighted that. I forgot about that, actually. That is hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, God. Shit. Yeah, it's just, it, it, and it is the kind of thing that, you know, people who are not treating you great in your life would say of like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I hit you with my car, but you're fine now, aren't you? Like, <laughs> Why are you upset? That's yeah. not the point. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, for me, um, I really, there are a lot of great tech moments. I, I, I did like uh, tech coming across uh what is a horrifying sight that is immediate mortal danger for him. Uh, the Zillow baby sitting there mouth open, sucking up all that electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he takes the time to say fascinating. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to, I, I, I knew that would speak to you obviously. And, and <laughs> it, it, but it's just, uh, it's like, and it's, but it's the good version, right? This isn't like some dark mad scientist. This isn't, uh, you know, uh, count Rugen from princess bride. Uh, ooh, this is for posterity. This is just, it's just tech. Being tech in the best way. Yeah, just wanting to understand and going like, oh, uh, it feeds yeah. off of electricity, clearly. Okay, yeah. good to know. That's fascinating. Wow, that's different. Um, the next one for me is the is the one that you and I, I think, have already talked around a little bit, um, but it, it, Omega's crew reaction. So what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, the, the, the eating. The Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it, 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 it just... Uh, I don't know. It just spoke to me on a, on a, on a deeper level, uh, you know, poor mega, but just um, everything about it, just the pacing, the detail. Yeah. 
that's what really spoke to me is it, it was comedy on top of comedy, but also mm-hmm. horror. It, it was yeah. that kind of dark nuanced. Sometimes Star Wars is like, hey, here's a heavy beat. And then in the next moment, here's here's a pretty silly beat. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this was that sort of laced of like, that is funny. And also I feel a little bad laughing, uh, which I sometimes like that. Uh, I like tech. This was, even though tech and Omega have had a little bit more of a heart to heart, tech's going to tech, right? Tech's going <laughs> to so, tech. Tech's going to tech. So having no uh, particular uh, gentleness uh, with his analysis of given the fact that the crew was most likely eaten by the creature, I doubt it is currently hungry. If that was it, that would have been a, a winner. That would have been a banger of a comedy line for me. Uh, and then Omega's quiet. It ate the crew. Great. Great. Then Wrecker, how is that helping tech as she falls back into Wrecker? Yes. And then the clincher of of Omega's delivery of, that's the delivery of processing it out loud. Like, I don't even know if Omega even knows she's talking out loud at that point. You know, when yeah. she has that great delivery of it. It ate the crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's totally. just, it, it, it's... um. It is yet another tribute to uh, uh, Michelle Ang's delivery. She's so great. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Dean Bradley Baker is great. And, and and there's a lot of people out there praising Michelle Ang, but uh, let's not forget her because she's just killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Any other comedy beats for you? Uh, let's see. Oh, I, in the dogfight, Hunter asks, did you get it? <laughs> and records, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where he's maybe going to lie and then he can't. Yeah. Can't, yeah, can't. it's Sean Connery in the plane. <laughs> they got us, son. Uh, love that. Uh, and, and Indy. Um, and also, Wrecker happy, funny lecture stuff. Again, going to the idea of like, oh, you never yeah. negotiate. Wrecker's not negotiating with that situation. He's just like, look what I found. <laughs> the fact that, it, why is it there? What's happening? <laughs> not a good situation. Electrostaff. Love it. Yep. Yep. And then the fact that it, uh, he doesn't get to hold on to it because the Zillow baby yeah. eats. The high volt electro staff is pretty damn great. Uh, I did spend just a little bit of time. I got, uh, as I've uh, shared on the podcast and on one of our YouTube uh, shorts, I got this great Oribesh translation guide, which is meant mm. to be a, a giant keychain, but I took the keychain off. Uh, lucky to pick it up at Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. Uh, so I'm trying to memorize and, and read some of the Oribesh. So there's there are some, sometimes it's like, ooh, what's the secret? And it really is like, you know, on tech screen, it says like analysis complete, like, OK, fair enough. Uh, right, right. But on that that final screen in that important scene uh, where tech has all of the information up about the Zillow Beast, there's some fun stuff. Um, mm. It says Zillow Beast growth level six. <laughs> I, I don't know out of how many. Uh, <laughs> but then at the bottom, it says threat level 10. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So a nice sense of the scale of what threat level <laughs> will the Zillow Beast get to? I, I'm I, I, you and I know Alex is, is good at this. Even our buddy Kevin Smith spent some time with Arabesh. How long does that take at this point? I, I'm fascinated by that because I'd love to, but I always just go. I get one letter in, I go, I'm, I can't. This is good. Someone's got to tell me. It, it's getting faster because you know I think everybody learns differently, obviously. But for me, there are some of the Orabesh characters that are really distinct, so I have those memorized. Like the A looks like a K, so anytime you see a K, that's real quick, right? Uh, I have the S and the T memorized. I have the E memorized. I have all the real distinctive ones memorized, so mm-hmm. I can pretty quickly just by a glance play Wordle. 
<laughs> and go, yeah. well, I know these letters. And then there are a bunch of letters that are kind of different versions of sort of an, a circle or a bent circle or an interrupted circle. In those, I have to pick up my little guide and, gotcha. and figure it out. That's so, fair. No, uh, yeah. I'm not I'll, sight reading yet by any means. It's still <laughs> taking me a minute. Uh, no, but, yeah, no, yeah, and I know Alex has said over the years he's gotten better too. But it's, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll hats off to you. I love that stuff. I love it. it. It's just so fun. To me, it's just like the heart of just the fun of disappearing into star Wars and frankly, just being nerdy about it. Like, mm -hmm. Ooh, I can, I can be, if I want to, I can pause yeah. and I can go even deeper and be in on the secret. Yeah. And like, they don't bury uh narrative clues in there. Right. You're, mm -hmm. you're not going to find the, here's what the emperor is cloning. It was down in the screen. Like they're not going to do that. It's, it's flavor stuff. Right. Yeah, it is indeed. It is indeed. Threat level 10. Uh, what threat level is the chihuahua in the background? Baxter woke up for his nap and I'm babysitting the ducks. And so he's very happy about the Arabet. Excellent. Excellent. Let me know if any chihuahua attention is needed. Uh, all right. We're going to move on then to a uh, favorite Star Wars canon lore connections to other stories. I thought there was kind of a, a lot of really interesting stuff uh, in this episode. Uh, let's start with, you know, the uh, the Zillow Beast. <laughs> It's pretty big, pretty big, pretty big. Um, reviewed. Uh, I didn't fully rewatch the episodes, but I, I reviewed to to uh, really remind myself. And and it is the story of the Zillow Beast that it is it is awakened by testing an electro proton bomb on Malastare. Uh, it is defeated uh, by a toxin made of Malastare fuel, uh, which they they surmise is what killed the Zillow Beast's ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um. So the, the the entire canon story of this creature is just trying to live its life. And now this kind of clone version is existing, much like, you know, our, our clones that we love um, to to be made into a weapon. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about, about that sort of tragic history of the, the Zillow Beast, about the way that that story is finally being followed up? I, well, set up so well that in those episodes, again, I, I talked about just having not you know, engaged, uh, you know, I mean, you, you could maybe even say appreciate, uh, uh, creature features in horror films and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just wasn't in that, uh, in that world, uh, in the headspace as, as a film fan back in the day, but I re just reevaluating and appreciating the Zillowbees episodes on a different level. Uh, thanks to us, uh, our discussion, I should say on, on Clone Wars Report. I, I, I loved it. And so I'm in a, was in a better position to get all the themes we're talking about, but it's just the, it's such a great use of the, of this showing up it wasn't it's not just some random oh you know it'd be cool the zillabies now in a, at a in a writing meeting on a whiteboard maybe it starts like that but to see this point of, of just the great use of it even the, the return of gunji was done in such a wonderful way relating to the character and the story and the themes of what the, the show's trying to get to so so it just makes so much sense I, I you know a year ago i forget when we did those episodes time flies but part of that mm -hmm. i never would have dreamed of connecting the zillow beast with the plight of the clone wars and the clones themselves, I should say. Uh, and I just loved the use of it. So again, it wasn't just a check on the box. It was a continuation of a, of, of a theme started in those episodes. And I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that it made its return here. Um, I, I, there are, uh, there's some great um, stories of interviews, I think at, or maybe questions at panels. It's on the Zillow Beasts uh, Wikipedia page for anybody who wants to check it out. But like, uh, fans have been on uh, Dave Filoni since the Rebels. Like, okay, you're bringing things back from the Clone Wars. Give us the, the Zillow Beast story. Mm. Uh, such a great part of the Clone Wars where, you know, Palpatine has, you know, the big plan is underway. 
He's making sure it stays on track. And then there's episodes where he's kind of got like, eh, I'll check this out too. Hey, how about kidnap some force sensitive babies so they can help yeah. me predict the future? Eh, hey, what if I can uh, actually break Yoda's spirit before I even do Order 60? He's like, ah, eh, it didn't work out. Uh, and this is one of those many threads of like, okay, but that was kind of just a total cliffhanger of he's going to oh, clone this for armor. Is it, is it going to, is it going to turn up? Right. And I really love that. It seems like maybe the technology was here to make it happen uh, with this great Clone Wars style animation and the budget that they have and the technology that they have. Uh, but yeah, just absolutely tying in to the clones story was really, really satisfying. And it, it has me wondering that um, it feels like the story of the Zillow baby in particular still isn't done that mm -hmm. there's often this story when, when we have heroes like the bad batch and they're in a specific time and, you know, and we know that um, we know that record doesn't blow up the death star, right? <laughs> He's not going to have that big win, but right. what the animated shows have done, I think sometimes is like, give us a, a part of the story that we didn't know. So in my, my mind, my speculation, and I'm fine if this doesn't come to pass, mm -hmm. but like, what if this is a part of their story? What if the Zillow beast becomes kind of like a symbol to them and they say, you're not weaponizing this and they successfully stop the emperor from making armor out of the uh, Zillow beasts uh, hide. Mm -hmm. And every stormtrooper that we see fall in the original trilogy to, to a blaster bolt from princess Leia is because uh, the bad batch had a win. I, I think that's, that's a, that's a, Big giant idea, and I love it. I love it, and it gives it kind of a, a connective thread, and, and not a, a you know a simple surface way. It's just a, a fun way, be rewarding for those that know, of course, and it works. And 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 I like this. You're pitching a, a Zillow clan, right? You got the Mudhorn clan, <laughs> uh, and it makes a lot of sense. No, again, it, 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 it would completely work on them identifying with this uh, this creature, um, and it being so clearly tied to the cloning aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just it excited me that it wasn't a one off. It wasn't random. It was something that could that is central to their lives and could maybe continue. Totally agreed on that. Yeah. Um, let's talk Scorch <laughs> uh, and the Clone Commandos. Uh, Scorch is uh, originally from the Clone Commando video game that many fans love. Uh, he was uh, put into traditional uh, Lucas canon back in the day uh, when he appeared in the Savage Press arc of Clone Wars. And then, of course, he had a big appearance in season one of Bad Batch in the episode where they rescue the clone uh, uh, Gregor. Um, mm -hmm. And then he he had he's he's the one with the orangish yellow markings on his armor. We see him a couple of times. He's the one who is reporting to uh, Hemlock uh, at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I wanted to, to point out Scorch and the clone commandos. Uh, so much of this episode, as we agreed, was about, you know, people being pushed too far. Mm -hmm. Do you think scorch or any of the clone commandos could be pushed too far they are being asked scorch himself says the villagers are detained and they'll be dealt with which is incredibly ominous that they are imprisoning forever villagers who did nothing or maybe even worse murdering them yeah but then there's also this like well the next step for this project that's for the emperor's higher purpose is to go after a child who is also a clone like you. Do you think there's any possibility of this being a breaking point for Scorch? I absolutely do because um, there's a, there's a couple beats, but one in particular that 
you know, it, it's it's subtle. It's it's good foreshadowing if you want to look at it that way. The camera pushing in a beat to where I I had either I was like because I, I couldn't remember the name Scorch off the top of my head to be honest, but I was like, it, 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 what's going on there? You know, like there's something <laughs> like so so. Uh, other than it's just a reintroduction to the stage, right? Uh, in the crowd applause, hey, there's Scorch. I do think you're right. And I think it makes a lot of sense because the clone commandos, we have to also deal with canonically as well, I think, right? And mm. that, so the, the the why of that and how they're going to make that happen is intriguing to me. But I think you're right. I really, it's a fun speculation, but uh, where it could go, um, um, who's going to talk sense to them when the, when those masks come off, those are cool, intimidating masks. When they come off, Who's under there and what's the connection? This is the Cody of it all. You know, we still have the big crosshair thing hanging out there. I love that there's not a lot of crosshair this year. I, I, it might be weird to say, but I like that uh, that's still coming, that this is this is this could be all part of it. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll follow you on that thread. Oh, yeah. And they could they could meet crosshair, mm-hmm. you know, just out in the galaxy is a is a lone bounty hunter now because he's probably been kicked out. Right. Uh, it's over. The clones are done. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the commandos are clearly still of of some kind of use. Yeah, there's that shot of of um, the clone commandos arriving and deploying uh, on the mm-hmm. planet. Um, and Scorch hangs back. And to me, you can read that shot as he's the commander and he's just watching his troops go out. But there is something in the stillness of the shot that the first time I saw it, I was like, ooh, doubt? Yeah. Um, totally ambiguous. I'm not saying it's certainly there, uh, but I think it's one way to potentially read it and, and hint at the future. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it could just easily be like, hey, hey, everyone, that's Scorch. But I, yeah, there's just something. There's just something about it. I feel you. Hey, everybody, that's Scorch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this uh, location rat, Mount Tantis on the planet Wayland, uh, was featured uh, in, in brought into canon in the first season of Bad Batch, but it is, of course, originally from. Uh, the heir to the empire is the emperor's storehouse cloning facility. So there's all that going on. Uh, but I really wanted to talk, Ken, about kind of Camino and its fate and everything going on with the cloning technology. We get a couple of really interesting quotes um, in this conversation between Nalase and Hemlock. Uh, Nalase says, I know what Emperor Palpatine seeks to accomplish and will not have my cooperation. Hemlock, uh, kind of reading to me like like a, a pretty true zealot, uh, says, you know, the technology, uh, it will now serve a higher purpose, the emperor's purpose. So what did you take from those conversations? Did you take that as Nalase and Hemlock saying the emperor means to control the galaxy violently with military and technological power and everything in the galaxy is his to control in terms of like, yeah, the clones and armor from the Zilla Beast. Or did you take it as more like uh, Nalase might have a hint, might have been working on a side project to make him some extra bodies? I I think it's a great question because I think initially, it, it, it and I think it does play a little bit with the Zilla Beast, the armor and that kind of stuff. I, I do think it's it's that. But why wouldn't it be the other thing, all right? And it's fun to get there, get into speculation. I don't think, I'm still in a spot where I don't necessarily think this anything in Mando directly and explicitly leads to the front door of Exegol, right? But it mm-hmm. could, but also it could, who knows, who knows, but it's all, it's all getting dangerously close, right? Mm-hmm. It's all. And, and the fact that even some of the stuff with Omega, like, well, yeah, I, I knew a lot, but you know, you know, she was, she had another office, you know? Yeah. 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 We saw that. And we saw in the Cad Bane episode, you know, yeah. some off world stuff happening. 
Um, yeah. So uh, I'm with you on that. I, I think, I think that has a lot to do with it, which is a, a part of, you know, I think the breaking point point is her, her, her world, her home, her culture destroyed. But um, again, following, following the string out. I mean, I'm just, we're just here to help make the galaxy better for the emperor's <laughs> purpose. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a capital E and capital P on emperor's purpose for me. And I, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious because I, I do feel like, yeah, it could just be the, Hey, we're having a real conversation between us, the emperor's purpose. And I know what he really mm-hmm. wants to do is like, we're not buying any of the propaganda of, Oh, we're just going to have a little bit more order and security. So everybody can be safe. And we can have peace. We all know what he wants to do. He, he will control everything himself personally. That's the purpose. And, we're we're not uh we're not agreeing to any of the propaganda. Or there's that deeper level of yeah, the the those clone bodies uh that are rotten away uh, and being perfected on Exegol came from somewhere. Hmm. Um and, and I'm I don't need anything explained. I certainly uh, don't need anything quote unquote fixed. Um hmm. but since both Bad Batch and the Mandoverse are are dabbling in it you know, mm-hmm. Pershing's direct connection to all this, the, you know, where, where, and when did the Sith cultists start, uh, getting their, their vats of creepy going, <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, exactly what Moff Gideon is up to, whether he is tied to the, I'm still curious to see whether Moff Gideon personally is tied to, um, you know, the, the unknown regions in the first order and, uh, making Snoke or trying to get bodies for the emperor or if Moff Gideon's just about Moff Gideon, you know, right. Uh, I think there's lots of interesting story to be told, but I really welcome it sort of being, it's all attached and it all gets into these interesting areas of Star Wars that haven't been explored as much with the, the Sith cultists in there on natural science. Yeah, I think there's a lot of untapped potential in all that. I'm with you. I, I I would like even even if it does go to the front door of Mexico, I, I would I would really be on board for that. I but I I think the Moff Gideon angle of it all, just kind of power out for power, just kind of works for me more more in that regard. But you know, again, um, Pershing, the the midi chlorine, the M count. Excuse me, we don't say midi chlorine mm-hmm. around here. Uh, the M count, <laughs> uh, we do, but they don't. Um, yeah, it, it all it all could potentially be pushed up, and and then this just makes sense again. It makes sense because this is this is a long game for the emperor. Uh, he he had, this this was he was probably a kid in his room studying this stuff already. Oh yeah, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a young Pershing. That would be that would be fun and interesting. Any other canon stuff that you wanted to uh, mention? No, no, just little things that commandos back and the, the V-Wings anytime they show up, all that kind yeah. of cool stuff. But yeah, we, we hit the big ones there and this was it. We were waiting for this one and we got it. So. Yeah, yeah, and the ongoing pain of seeing the gunships uh, is the ships of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the baddies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? Oh, I mean, it could have been five minutes longer. I don't know. Um, no, uh, this was, uh, they've been hitting a, a, a lot of home runs. This was a, a perfectly crafted song on the album. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the mid-season two-parter really raised the stakes and, and felt central uh, because of the, this is the ultimate fate of the clones. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Omega seeing the truth up close. But this one also felt like, wow, this is the episode that that turns everything on its head, that makes it from the Bad Batch just kind of having to keep their head down to uh, their worst fears happening. They are being hunted and Omega is being hunted as a pawn it really escalated things in a great way is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on 
Uh, no, just uh, highlighting again the music of, of Kiner and crew, man. That just, uh, that, uh, what fun, what fun they must have with this show weekly. Uh, <laughs> right. On. Mm. When the script show up and like, what's the vibe? Western Kaiju? Is it, is there, can we do a Western Kaiju episode? That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two, two things. I didn't really know where to put it, but I really liked the uh, great horror fake out of the noise uh, behind the wall. And then that little droid pops out and says, mm. danger, da, 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 danger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And then I also wanted to shout out um, one of the cloning techs. Amiri Carr is played by Keisha Castle Hughes, uh, Queen of yeah. from Revenge of the Sith. And, and, you know, some other stuff. And yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones as well. And uh, what, what the whale was our first big break. Uh, Love that. Yeah, love that. Love that. Uh, good uh, good call there. Excellent. So we are going to wrap up with a fun question, as we always do. If you could have a figure or merch of any character idea from this episode, who or what do you want? I want a lamp that's the Zillow, and its mouth is open, and that's where you put the light bulb. <laughs> and the electricity just sparks yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. You don't even need yeah. Let me just put that there. Oh, yeah, a big standing lamp with a massive Zillow Beast standing on the top would be great. Uh, but I'm going to go with my uh, Zillow Beast eaten toy I've mentioned before on Force Center, but it's been a while. I had a weird goat toy uh, when I was growing up that had like a couple different foods, uh, but one of them was plastic linked hot dogs. And you pumped the goat's tail and it made the goat swallow the uh, hot dog and then very upsettingly there's no upsetting way to resolve uh, non-upsetting way to resolve this toy but you opened the goat's stomach and took the wieners back out of its gut <laughs> uh, I want that but there's a little baby in a clone arm that'd be awesome awesome yep. all on board yep. let's scare the kids out there let's do it <laughs> extremely upsetting uh, much like this really great episode of the Bad Batch. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Hey, absolutely. We are the Force Center Podcast, and we can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod, on Hive Social as well. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. We're doing a lot of fun stuff over there on YouTube. Shorts, essays. Joseph's got the great tech essay. Check that out. Uh, live shows and all that stuff over on YouTube. Subscribe and hit that notification bell. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com. Dot com for more uh, shows like the blathering pop rock and radio are on there. Joseph, where can I find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw and you can find me on YouTube. Check out my short films and comedy there. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw on YouTube. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the Zillow baby and the Chihuahua who needs attention. This has been the Bad Batch Report. Baxter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.